I believe that you and I, during this Christmas time, we're talking, we're going to do the Christmas story, by the way, in just a minute. But as we do this Christmas story, I want you to just think about how much God loved you and, uh, and does love you. How much God has loved you and he does love you. Whenever you are loved, you ought to have what I call some reciprocity. You, you ought to give back something. Uh, if if uh, love is just a, a, a one-way street, then you are a, a terrible person if you don't love back that person who loved you. Is that too much, too hard to say that? Okay, did it, did it touch somebody? I mean, <laughs> you know, you, you're being loved, but you don't love back, you know, and uh, that's a terrible thing. And that shows you're selfish and, and that God is trying to woo you uh, with somebody who's willing to love you and you're not loving back. I think we should give God all the love we can. And we should give those in our lives all the love we can. I often say to couples who are having difficulty, uh, you do everything you can in this marriage. You go, go the extra mile. Go, go, go beyond that. Uh, because if something does not work out, you don't want it to be said you didn't try. And so that's how we ought to be with God. Every day, whether God answers my prayers the way I want him to answer them, whether he answers them at all. Some of those prayers, I'm so glad he didn't answer, uh, you know, because he's in control. What we want to do is just give everything we've got to this amazing God that we serve. That's what the Christmas story is about for me. Thank you. I, I, I mentioned to you something that my wife has said for uh, just perennially, I mean, year after year, you know, there's a, I think she said an anointing, right? An anointing in your hello, or a blessing in your hello. An, an, an anointing in your hello. And uh, there's an, an anointing in your goodbye. In other words, there's an anointing in what you say. There, there's, there's God, God is there, you know, saying with you and doing with you. And uh, I told you the story four, five, six times anyway, but I think a seventh is perfect. Uh, I, I remember uh, maybe about three or so years ago, I was over there in the serenity room preparing my message uh, for Christmas, and, and I read this story. Today I'm going to be teaching on the forerunner. This is the Christmas story. But I, before we get to the forerunner, I want to talk about this. I was developing my Christmas message, and I came to the part that I want to uh, recite a little bit uh, for you right now, where Mary, after having talked with the angel, and no doubt was, uh, had conceived Christ, went to Elizabeth's house, her, her uh, older relative, and uh, went to her house and saluted her or said hello to her, gave her salutations, and something like, for example, hello, Elizabeth. And, uh, and, and right there, uh, uh, John the Baptist re- received the Holy Spirit in the womb. And, and that just, I thought, there is... There is an anointing in your words because Mary had conceived Christ. She had Christ within her. You and I have Christ within us, and we act like we just have a stomach full of natural food. You know, we have Christ within our hearts. So that means that there ought to be something different about us. We ought not be like everybody else. And so I I am very zealous about this. Amen? I'm very zealous about it. So, uh, So in this story... Um, in verse 39 of Luke chapter 1, verse 39, it says, Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste. She did what she did quickly. She didn't do it, you know, like, you know. You see some, some young people walking like that. Some of us used to walk like that. You know, you know just, you know, you can, would you come? 
you know, you know, it's right. Like, you know, no, don't, don't do that. But she went with haste. She had some get up in it, man. She was getting up to Elizabeth. Angel Gabriel had told her this woman who is well advanced in years. She is now quite advanced in years. And she's had, she's conceived a baby. And so Mary got up and went with haste in there and was carrying the, the Lord Jesus and spoke to her. And John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to prophesy, to speak things about Mary that she couldn't have known except the Spirit of God told her. And this is how you want to live your life. You don't want to live your life any other way. You have an opportunity to live your life in a way that pleases God. Don't choose to please yourself. This is what this Christmas is about for me. And so she did that, and of course, um, um, Elizabeth began to speak with a loud voice. And I was thinking, I was preaching to Pakistan yesterday. I can see right now I'm not going to do all my messages I was going to. But I was preaching to Pakistan yesterday, and we were standing here with Pastor Gaffar, and, we were, and at the end of the message, I, I, began, I, I quoted uh, Jesus when he said uh, to his earthly parent, uh, 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 Mary and Joseph, because Joseph was, was really, uh, didn't have anything to do with it basically, but he actually was, as we would call him, the stepfather of Jesus. And when he said, did, when they were looking for him in the temple, uh, and he said to them, uh, did you know that I must be about my father's business? I'm like, why are you looking for me? You know, in other words, he was, a, he was a now considered, a, he was 12 years old, he was, probably had been by misfit, he was now considered a a young man, and he's, he's thinking he's now going to take up his father's trade, but not Joseph. He's, gonna, he's in the temple with his God, with God, his own personal daddy. Yeah? His, his own, pro, uh, uh, this word, uh, propio, is coming to me. I'm trying, I don't speak Spanish that well, but it keeps trying to come to me, right? My own daddy, his own daddy, he was, he was saying, I must be, that's where I must be in his house doing his business. And when I did that, the Holy Spirit just engulfed me in a very, very powerful way. And I, I, I began to exult in God and Jesus in, in, in a loud voice. And it says when, when uh, Mary uh, spoke to Elizabeth, she began to shout with a loud voice or speak with a loud voice and said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb with a loud voice. So you know, we, we have become so sophisticated that we only want to be in a church they won't embarrass us. You know, it won't embarrass us by, by activity of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that that's not so good. And so in this story, Mary then begins to give what we call the Magnificat. And I won't give it all. But she said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaid. And I think about that. And she said, for behold, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Wow, powerful, powerful. Uh, I, I, I was thinking about this several days ago, and I was thinking that, that we, 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 we Protestants, as they call us, I hate that term, but those of us who are not Catholic uh, in the sense of the Catholic Church, those of us who are not, we don't give Mary enough credit. The Catholics go too far, and we don't go far enough. I know you're silent on that. 
this young girl, teenager, and probably for the rest of her life, people were whispering about her. When God had done something for her, they were whispering about her because she obeyed God and did whatever he wanted. Now, those of us who really go on with God, they are whispering about us. And so, but we seem to want to be in the place where they don't whisper anymore. So I want us to deal with that. Let's look at the Christmas story, the forerunner. This same Elizabeth now in verse 57. The scripture says now when Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. This is big, big stuff. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. Now, they, they realized God has shown great mercy to this, this woman who has been the talk of the town. The Bible says that she was devout along with her husband Zacharias, who was a priest. They were devout people, but the town was whispering about him. Have you lived so much for God that they talk about you? They don't understand you? Even churchgoers don't understand? That's what even Christmas is about that too. But when God vindicated Elizabeth, they all rejoiced with her. <laughs> when God vindicates you, and he's not going to wait till heaven to vindicate you. When God vindicates you, they'll stop talking about you. They rejoice with her. They will rejoice with you. So don't be bothered by those who whisper about you. So it was on the eighth day that when they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called his, him by the name of his father, Zacharias. What Zacharias meant, the Lord has remembered. But he says his mother answered and said, no. He shall be called John. Jehovah has been gracious. He shall be called John. Jehovah has been gracious. But they said to her, there's no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So we want to do what we've always done. There's no one among your relatives. And so they made a sign to Zacharias, the father, said, what, what he would have called him. What, what would you want to name him, Zacharias? And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote saying, his name is John. He wrote those words. His name is John. So they all marveled. Immediately his mouth was open and his tongue loosed and he spoke praising God. The moment he changed things. At first, remember, he couldn't believe. Now he shows that he believes. Then God does something miraculously. He is filled with the Holy Spirit. His tongue is loose. His mouth is wide open and he is Praying, praising God, and then he, is, he starts to cause fear around him. The Bible says, verse 65, then fear came on all who dwelt around them. What I'm saying is, it is time to see the miraculous hand and power of God in the people of God. It's, that's what I'm saying. Now, I told you before I started, I gave you my, my disclaimer. I'm very passionate for, for the Lord. I'm passionate for his house. I am passionate for his people. Very zealous. Fear came on all who dwelt around them when they saw God moving miraculously. 
And all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. Now they used to discuss how they were barren, how they must have had sin in their life. But when the vindication of God comes, they're talking about, whoa, something good's about to happen. Well, thank you, Jesus, for this. And bless your people today. And all those who heard them kept these things or kept them in their hearts. They kept these sayings in their hearts saying, what kind of child would this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him, was with John the Baptist. The hand of the Lord was with him. So I say to you, the hand of the Lord is with you because you are carrying, you are impregnated as it were with Jesus Christ in the womb of your heart. Yes, the hand of the Lord is with you. So Zacharias um, begins to prophesy. He prophesies, and in verse 67, it says, now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't it amazing to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Isn't it amazing? Amen, it's amazing. You know, the, the old preacher, one of, it was an old preacher uh, that, that when I was in college, it was, a, it was pastor of this church I went to, it was a Pentecostal church, old preacher, about 50 years old. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, I remember when, when he would preach, you know, he, he was preaching good. I've told you the story 50,000 times, but I'm going to tell you 50,001. Uh, yeah, he was preaching, and we were sitting down like you are, and we were just kind of listening, you know, just listening. We weren't, uh, you know, distracted. We were listening, uh, but we didn't give him any kind of emotional uh, support. And he would look, fold his arms and look up at the ceiling and say, amen, lights. Uh, amen, lights, you know. So I felt, amen, lights. <laughs> amen. So Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit, and something happened. I am saying that you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit. Wherever we go, something should happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, with, for without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a reward of those who diligently seek him. And so what I am realizing, that there is not the diligence in the seeking. We need some diligence in our seeking. You know, uh, uh, you remember, I don't recall instantaneously the king who uh, was, told, was told by the prophet, he says, you know, he had an enemy, I think it was the Syrians, and, and, and he said, hey, take these heirs and uh, beat them on the ground. And the prophet came to him and he did something like this. And the king, king said, what are you doing? He said, you should have beaten them and beaten them and beaten them. Then God would have consumed your enemies. He said, now you're just going to have marginal success. You know, a lot of times we have marginal success. Marginal because we are not diligent seekers. I'm a diligent seeker. Are you a diligent seeker? I'm a diligent seeker. If you're not a diligent seeker, say, Lord, have mercy on me. I want to be a diligent seeker. Hallelujah, somebody. And so... He prophesied, verse 68, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed or ransomed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation. That means strength, rescue, and safety. I mean, God has done something. He's prophesying. He's speaking forth by the Holy Spirit, not by something he has learned. He says, you have, you have raised up this horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets who have been, who have been since the world began. So, so, so Zechariah says, God has had prophets ever since the world. That's amazing. Some people say, well, no, no, the first prophet. No, he says he's had prophets ever since. God has not been without a spokesperson. Wow. 
We don't have to go to the soothsayers. We don't have to go to the internet for some guy, we, guy we don't know who is speaking things according to our natural inclinations. No, God has a voice in the earth. And he says, this is what God has spoke, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Wow. So God's saying to all of us, you will be saved. That's what this Christmas is all about. This is all about the time of Christ's birth coming. John is born now, and John is the forerunner. John is the one who's going to herald. He's the one who's going before the, the king and saying, the king is coming. The king is coming. Messiah is coming. Messiah is coming. All of this time, God has been waiting, but now Messiah is coming. And then this is the generation that will see the Messiah, Amen. the rescuer, God's salvation. That's huge. Could this be the forerunner generation? Doesn't look like it right now. Doesn't look like it right now because we're so divided, we're so scattered, divided, scattered. But could it very well be that we would be healed and be all that God has intended? Wow. Hey, that's my heart's desire. That's what I live for. When somebody said to me, you got to be careful going to Vietnam. COVID-19 is there. You could die. You don't want to be presumptuous. It wasn't me presumptuous. I could be perhaps, but I'm not presumptuous because my life is bathed in prayer and my desire is obedience for God. So I, it doesn't matter what, what waits me there. Paul said to those who prophesied about going to Jerusalem, he says, hey, don't break my heart. I'm not willing only to go to Jerusalem and be bound. I'm ready to go there and die for the Lord Jesus. I said, I'm not willing to just go to uh, Vietnam and preach some. Uh, so I'm, I'm ready to die there if that's what Jesus wants. Are you with me? See, that's the kind of radical Christianity that changed the world. Not the safe kind. Wow. He said, Pastor, this is Christmas. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm going to go. Okay. The prophets prophesied that, we would, that Israel would be saved from our enemies and, the, uh, and from the hand of all who hated them to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. So God promised them something, and then God was doing it. The oath which he swore to our father Abraham had been hundreds and hundreds of years, actually a, a couple of thousand years since God spoke, but the word was still out there. And the, it was time for the word. What did he promise? To grant us that we being delivered from the hands of our, hand of our enemies, that we might serve him without fear in holiness, that piety and righteousness. That, that means being just before him all the days of our life. We will serve the Lord uh, without fear. Hallelujah. Without fear of physical enemies, without fear of COVID-19, without fear. Hallelujah. And that does not mean that we are presumptuous people. We don't pull off our masks and say, well, I've got faith. Yeah. Soon you're going to have COVID. <laughs> Sooner or later. Yeah. No, no, we're not presumptuous. Presumption is not faith. That, that's foolish. And even if some of our brothers and sisters are doing it, it's still foolish. 
I'm not trying to pick a fight. I'm just preaching the gospel. I was, by the way, I was reading, preaching the gospel. When I was reading, I was reading the gospel. I was reading the gospel, and I was reading, I've been reading just Isaiah, you know, some of the Old, Old Testament prophets, New Testament, just reading and reading and uh, just really appreciating it, the Lord. What I realized is that all the prophets, now listen to this, all of the prophets, when they were prophesying, they were dealing with what was wrong in the nation. I was thinking about people who say, sometimes some people have said, I don't know if any of you have said, you know, pastors are all political. Oh, what do you mean? I, I was denying it because I, it was, I was just preaching the gospel. I just preached whatever the Holy Spirit gives me. I don't sit up with a notepad and go, let me preach about this. And I don't do that. You know, it's the Holy Spirit says something every week. The Holy Spirit talks to me and says, okay, do this. And sometimes I'll, I'll have a little dialogue with the Holy Spirit. I, I don't go too far. You know, he is, he is God, right? And he can just take my breath away. And I don't want that. I want you to take my breath away, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. So, 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 the, the, so the Holy Spirit will tell me what to do. But I was re reading in the prophets, and they were all dealing with, with the leaders who were leading the people wrongly. Isn't that amazing? And they, were, and they were dealing with the people who were following wrong leaders. I tell you, I've been reading the Bible all of my life, and it never came to me so starkly as a day or two ago. I said, whoa. So you mean to tell me that from, this pul from these pulpits, we ought to be talking, speaking the whole counsel of God yes. like that? Yes. Wow. Wow. So, so your pastor who is praying all the, all the time, praying, always try, praying, trying to find whatever the will of God is for you, that's, that's what I live. I live for that. And I will never, ever deviate from that ever in my life. D does that mean that we'll talk about these things? When, when the Scripture talks about granting uh, deliverance from the hand of enemies and serving without fear, it meant foreign people, uh, kingdoms, and it meant their own kingdom. Wow. Wow. Come on, we're going we're gonna to grow up. We're going to put, put our big boy pants on. Hallelujah, somebody. And so he's talking about John, and he says in verse 76, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, that is, the most high God. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. You're going to go before the face of the Messiah to prepare his ways. And this is what you're going to do to give knowledge of salvation to his people by remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us. And so he sees John being the day spring from on high. He sees that as a sign, rather, of the day spring from on high. Wow. Wow. So what does that mean? That means the light has come. Understanding has come. The, a time has come. Wow. Wow. The, a time for our rising has come. He says, what, 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 what this kid going to do, this child going to do? He's going to give knowledge of salvation to God's people. So that means that if, if, this, if I have any understanding that, that this is uh, no doubt the beginning of, of this Elijah generation, very likely right now, it's, it's sort of a beginning of an Elijah generation, then what would an Elijah generation do? We would be the forerunner, and we would bring the knowledge of salvation, understanding of God to God's people, and, we, and light, that is light. Understanding will so come from God that you will have to be intentional to miss it. You have to close your eyes to miss it. Wow. 
to give light to those who sit in darkness. To give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow and the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the way of peace. Wow. So the child, John, grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. Wow, this is big, isn't it? This is big. What? What was John going to do? He was going to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. Those who are in the shadows of death. Those who are living uh, life, as it were, without God, without knowing the will of God, without being sensitive really to God. Isn't it a sad thing that, that we can no doubt possibly go to church and still not have an encounter with God? Isn't that sad to think that I can go to church, but I'm still set, I'm bent on doing my own will? I go to church and I have the yes, but attitude. I'm not there to eat. When my wife and I were younger in this church, and even before, my wife's a great cook. Some of you don't know that. My mother, our mother was a great cook. I married a great cook whose mother was a great cook, and I'm not too bad myself. And uh, we, were, we, were, we always cooked for the, for the saints. You know, my wife would invite so many people over the house, I'm thinking, I don't know if we're going to have enough food, and I don't know if this house is going to be big enough. What are you doing? And so she would keep inviting people and inviting people, and our house was packed. It was, it was cool in the, in, the, in the fall, in the winter, and uh, we were, and other times as well, but we would sit there, and everybody who came knew that they were supposed to eat voraciously. You know that word voracious mean? I mean, eat like the food's good. Eat like you've got two stomachs. And, and we were to do that. But I find that, that in God's house, we're not voracious. We don't, we don't just eat, 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 eat. Nobody was looking, I wonder how they made this. Or, I wonder if this is going to be good. They were just eating, 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 eating. And allow the Holy Spirit to deal with whatever is not of him, if there's something. That's how we're to live. Amen. 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 Well, I knew it started out a little different today, but I believe this is what God wanted you to have today. I want you to position yourselves to hear Jesus. I want you to position yourself to take everything that God gives you. Be different. Be different these last days of the year. Be different. Be different all of next year. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's be the church that Jesus died for. Let's be givers and not just takers. In Jesus' name. Let's be the forerunners of the coming of the Christ. In Jesus' name. And those of you who are watching online, I trust that you've enjoyed this message. I, I trust that you have internalized it. I trust that you have been a voracious eater. I pray. I pray that Jesus would be your Lord and your, your God. And I'm going to come back in just a moment, and we'll talk to you some more.